1240 WATN presents Live at Five with Glenn Curry. Sponsored by Herringer's Contracting, the roof people who call you back. This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> The army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. Bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. <laughs> Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. This is Live at Five, Live at uh, yeah, Five, Live at Five. It's a Monday, it's dark, it uh, was cold out today, and uh, what can I tell you? Matt, what was it, this time last year we had a heck of a storm, or this time next week. I don't think we're going to have that this year. But anyway, we're going to have a show to get this week started off on the right direction. Next week is... Thanksgiving already. Then we get right into the, uh, well, we're already into the Christmas uh, uh, season right here at Community Broadcasters. If you've been listening to Magic 103, you already knew that. So I was talking to uh, our operations manager and all-around guru, uh, Ken Martin, about adding a song. And, uh, and and Ken knows every song ever written. I mean, you know, Moses wrote a couple of songs back in the day, and uh, and Ken knows where they were on the charts. That was, you know, B- yeah, BC charts, mind you. So, and, and this is one of the, you ever have one of those moments where you just, you, you know someone, you work with someone, and you swear you're going to ask them a question, and you finally you ask them because today was the moment. Today was the day that Massey's furniture, sorry. And I, oh, someone, oh, my phone is talking to me. So I, I finally remembered to ask Ken about a song that has not been in circulation. Now, I'm talking about Magic 103, 24-7 of Christmas music, which started over a week ago. Some people say that's too early. Tough. Actually, we should play it all year round, considering World War III is around the corner. <clears throat> hey, it's May 5th. Christmas time is on. So I told them, I told them about the song from Christmas Vacation by Ray Charles. And I kind of just blurted it out there. And I, I don't even know the name of the song. I looked it up earlier. I sent it to him. And it's just, it's amazing that when, when you find out that someone who knows everything, like Ken Martin knows every song there is to know, I said, did you ever hear about this song uh, from uh, Christmas Vacation? This is the scene when uh, Chevy chases up in the attic and he puts on the, ter- the you know, the, the, the stupid, silly uh, shower cap. He got locked out, you know. Uh, of the second floor, he opens up that little like uh, vent. Everyone says, "Why can't he crawl through the vent?" <clears throat> and it's painfully obvious they shot that in California because the snow is so fake and it's just whatever. But it's a great movie, so uh, I think Ken's going to take my uh, advice. And uh, considering that we've been hearing each and every song from uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer ad nauseum for the last week and a half, and will continue to, uh, we will have a uh, a great song. And I just and I had it. Queued up in my mind. Now I can't remember it. 
Let me just look this up here. Ray Ray Charles sings it, and it's the scene where he's. Uh, the name of the song is. Oh, now I can't find it. God, I'm the worst person in the world today. Come my great. Let me see. Ray, Ray Charles Christmas Vacation. Great movie, by the way. You know what sucks about uh, about um, that that series is that. Um, oh God, I just can't find it. This sucks. Ray Charles Christmas Vacation. Let me see if I can get it this way. Christmas Vacation song. This that spirit of Christmas. That's what it is. Christmas time in on What a wonderful season. You can just picture him singing it. And it's a very poignant scene for a comedy because he's looking at 8 millimeter. I'm talking about Clark here, Clark Griswold, stuck in his attic. And he's looking at 8 millimeter films of old Christmases from, pa- from the past with his crazy uncle. And it's so well done. And even though that's a very funny movie, for obvious reasons, one of the funniest movies there is ever made, uh, I, I get very teary-eyed for that. So anyway, uh, full circle here. I actually told our, um, Ken Martin, uh, finally, today, and he'll probably put it into circulation. It's a great song, That Spirit of Christmas. And it will, hopefully it will enlighten your life, on top of all the other great Christmas music on there. Remember, uh, I wasn't here at the time, but during the, the year of COVID... Don't you wish we were back at the year of COVID as opposed to the year of 2023 with all the insanity going on? Um, but uh, back in, uh, in April of 2020, the year of COVID, Wuhan disease, um, community broadcasters, courtesy, of course, of Ken Martin, decided, hey, this would be a perfect time to initiate Christmas music 24-7. That's exactly what they did. They did it for about, they being, of course, community broadcasting, I'm going to say, I don't know, three, four weeks in April. Made a lot of sense. People need hope. That's why, if you've noticed, Christmas decorations go up earlier and earlier. And of course, who could forget the people living on places like Boyd Street and High Street, where they live their, leave their Christmas decorations up all year round? Now, that's the festive uh, type of uh, environment we need. All right, let's go to the phones and see who's there. Hi, you're on the air. Glenn Curry. It's the Duff. What's happening? Hey, you you, you want to hear my Chevy Chase story? Yes, by all means. Well, Chevy Chase. Now it's apropos. Um, so anyway, last year I'm at the went to the casino down there. All right, you got to speak uh, up. I could barely hear. You. Speak up just a little bit more. I lost you there. Oh, did you? Yes, oh, I did. Can you hear me all right now? I, I can. I know you're going to get condescending, but I got to do that at the beginning because I lose you after you say, "Hey, Glenn Curry," and then I lose you. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my tinnitus. But go ahead. Sorry, without pissing you <laughs> off, which I know I have. Anyway, so which I piss off everyone today. There's a casino. There's a casino near where I. I live in the winter. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I, I, I go to one of the tables there, and the girl's upset. She made a point. She says, it's my first day. She goes, that last time was a real trip. Mm-hmm. And he kept uh, yelling at me and stuff. And, you know, she was almost in tears. Mm. And there was two other guys sitting there. And uh, she goes, yeah, he said he was somebody famous. And the other two guys knew him. I guess he was on some show that used to be on at night, Saturday night something. Oh. And, uh yeah, and uh, anyway, they have a they have a different name. He's got to use his real name because <laughs> Chevy Chase obviously is his real name. So um, I thought it was for the anyway, record. Anyway, it was him. It was Chevy Chase. Was huh? Somebody. Yeah, he rode this. He rode this as a game called three car. But he rode this poor girl hmm. ragged. And uh, yeah, what what, what like uh, uh, Joe? Pe- he's a real prick. Like oh, can't say the word. Like Joe Pes- Pesci did in Casino when he was throwing the money at the guy. Who, by the way, was in other movies too. Is the 
Uh, yeah, that's that's a shame. What what casino in what? Where was that? Obviously in Vegas. It was in uh, Amakli. Where? Amakli. It's uh, it's an Indian area in, uh, near uh, Fort Myers. Oh, okay, down in Florida. So how long ago yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah. He must live in Naples. He must live in Naples. Naples is a high. Yeah, area. yeah. I hear there's a lot of snobby people living down there in Naples. Uh, let me let me ask you, uh, what year are you talking? If they refer to Saturday Night Live in such last, a yeah, it was last winter. Oh no, when he was on, the guys knew him from that and uh, the other movies. But yeah, he was there. I thought I seen him there one time. Wait, you know, wait, 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 wait. Hold up, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. You're saying that this happened a year ago, and they referred to him as a guy that was on Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Oh my God, talk about old fashioned. You got to remember the. You got to remember in an area where everybody's uh, my age or a little bit older. Yeah, know? no, I, I remember that, and that should not be the way they refer to him as because Saturday Night Live came out in 1975. And he left after right. the first season. So, and he's done a tremendous yeah. amount of work since then. He's a guy from Christmas from the vacation movies. Why couldn't they? For Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he was in. He was in. You see, he was in a couple of movies. Wouldn't he in a couple with Goldie Hawn? I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, duh. Um, that was a great movie too he with the albino. Song too that came out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Dudley yeah, Moore he's too. Guys. He's not a nice guy. He's, he's not a nice guy. And what happened to him was, I, he, you know, I, I've always said I never liked Chevy Chase, and yet. I love the, the vacation movies. But what I was saying earlier when I got tongue-tied, um, what the shame about Christmas Vacation is of all the of vacation movies, and the first one's good, don't get me wrong, but the, the Christmas one is the best one. The worst one is the European one, which came out between the first one and the Christmas one. But was almost as bad as that was the uh, uh, Vegas Vacation one in 1997. I saw that recently, and I couldn't believe they went from Christmas Vacation, one of the best written comedies, best acted, you know, E.G. Marshall, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the woman from Everyone Loves Raymond, uh, and her husband, all of the acting and the scenery and every scene mattered. And then four or five years later, they do the one from Vegas Vacation. It was awful. It's such a drag to see talented people do a series like that and it was like a roller coaster. The first one was good. The second one in Europe was awful. Christmas Vacation was paramount. And then they went right back to awful again. I just don't know how that happens, Duff, man. It makes me angry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's kind of like the one where um, uh, the the one where the guy is in with De Niro. What the heck is that one? Oh, um, did a couple of yeah. Uh, meet the parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the that, second that, one that sucked. Never, that never, uh, Sequels uh, never do well other than Godfather 2 and uh, Superman uh, from Richard Donner, which were done pr- pretty much at the same time back in England, back right, in the late right. 70s. Yeah, you're right. Most of them don't. <clears throat> most of them don't do. Other, other than the fact that Godfather 2 happens to be the greatest movie ever made. And, I, and I've declared that while walking through my uh, property this past summer. I said that Godfather 2... I, I had like this, like this epiphany or something in my head. This is Godfather Two is the greatest movie ever made, and I've stuck with that. And I will say that to the day I die, the greatest movie ever made is Godfather Two. Sorry, I know it's it, it pisses a lot of people off, but I said it anyway. Anyway, you know a movie I watched the other night, and I I, I didn't think it was as good as I used to think it was. Yeah, w- was Animal House. Yeah, great. Oh God, yeah, great movie. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought it was two until I rewatched it. I don't know. Maybe they cut a bunch of parts out. I don't know. Uh, I watched it on, uh, you know, the station where you watch movies. Right. AMC. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. They usually, don't cut, they usually don't cut stuff out of that, but I don't know. It just didn't seem as. 
I was watching age. good. Some movies never age. You know I, what I mean? No. That one did, I think. I, oh, you, are you saying you liked it now or better when you first saw it? Is it, is, I liked it better when I first saw oh, it. Oh, really? It didn't, it didn't age well. Really? Compared to some movies I can watch and rewatch, and they're still good. Like, I watched Stripes, and I thought it was just as funny as. Yeah, no, that, that yeah. It. The last 20 but minutes of Stripes is awful. I watched Animal House the other night, and I just thought to myself, I go, geez, that was kind of. Huh. Waste. It was disappointing. I thought. Wow, interesting. You know, I've I know ha- because I remember when it first came out. It was, but I mean, you know, things age. You know what I mean? No, I don't. I don't agree with that. I think it got better. I've seen a lot of movies that I didn't like at first. I mentioned them here before. Scarface was one. Um, Silence of the Lambs. Both, both, both those movies when they came out, I was very highly disappointed. Wall Street was another. All three of them. And yet today, I look back at them and I'm like, wow, what the heck was I thinking? These movies are epic. Great movies. Silence of the Lambs was best picture. Uh, but we yeah. haven't had a really good qualified best picture. And when, uh, when The Departed won best picture like 10 years ago, uh, Martin Scorsese, you know, that whole thing about you know, uh, uh, the, the craziness in Boston and the Irish mob and all that, I, I could not believe, for one, it was actually nominated for best picture. And when it won best picture, then I said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with Hollywood. I, I know it was, yeah. an, it was a tribute to uh, Martin Scorsese for all the other movies that didn't win Best Picture, but that movie was one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and they gave it the Best Picture nod. Couldn't understand yeah. that. Never will. But anyway. Uh, so, um, all right. So, uh, the song that I picked out for Ken Martin to put in circulation, yes or no, Duffman? I, I don't know it, so I don't know. But Ray Charles, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong there. And it's yeah. funny, I never heard that song before other than from that movie when he's in the attic. Well, you guys got a woke station there. Are you playing that one song with uh, Dean Martin and uh, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Baby, it's cold outside. You know, it's funny. Yeah. I did hear that song the other day, and it's and I know the controversy behind it. There's a comedian that goes on, on a stage. And he says, last year, the song Baby, It's Cold Outside was banned from all radio stations. Meanwhile... Uh, Cardi B's got the following lyrics. Go down on my lick, 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 lick. Go down to the why, why, wick, wick, why, why, why. That song was number one. On the other hand, Baby It's Cold Outside was restricted from all radio stations. What's this world coming to? The audience was going crazy. Was going absolutely crazy. one other thing, though. I think you're happy about it, but... I, you know, I don't mind the Christmas music on 103. I, I listen to 103 once in a while. Yeah. But I'll tell you something. I, I'm not happy when they take Casey Kasem off. Oh, they did. Uh, oh, now. okay. Well, no, because well, the top forty Christmas songs. Come on, you are playing all day. Yeah, I know. Ruff, 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 ruff. Sorry. Wish McGall's kind of mix it up a little bit and play different errors and different songs, not just the ones he revamped. Uh, Do you know how you could tell some, that, that someone's a, uh, artificially intelligence, uh, if that makes any grammatical sense, I don't think it does. But, uh, but the one thing about Casey Kasem, if you listen to his voice, and Ken knows this because he mastered so many of them from mono to, uh, to uh, st- stereo, in that he, he had a bad breathing problem between segments. And you hear that, and, and it's like uh, on our on our top forty, we have to go to Hollywood, and you hear that, and and it, after a while, maybe it's my tinnitus that drives me mental. I hear him do that. Yet when you when you use artificial intelligence, they get rid of the breathing; it doesn't exist. So you could tell the difference. Yeah, Jeff, Cole, Jeff Cole does that. You ever notice that? No. What does Jeff Cole do? He takes a breath before he. Starts well, I mean, we all do, but it, it, you're supposed to you're supposed to be able to contain it. Well, yeah. uh, 
James Gandolfini I, I, got I so fat like towards the end of The Sopranos, you can hear him breathe. Deep breath every time. Right. But but if you listen to Casey, all of the stuff that Casey did over the years, God rest his soul, wherever he's buried, um, he, uh, he, he had a big problem with the breathing thing there. Anyway, just wanted to bring it to everyone's attention. I wonder if he had that when he was doing the uh, Scooby-Doo. Uh, Right, right, right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he wasn't Scooby. He was Shaggy. Right, exactly. Yeah, Shaggy always bothered me. You know, all the other people in that in Scooby Doo were great looking. Even even the even the 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 nerdy girl with the glasses and the short skirt, Thelma, I think her name was. Even she was hot. And every now and then, I see a picture of a girl, a woman rather, dressed as Thelma. Uh, for Halloween, and it's always someone with the big butt cheeks hanging out. There I go, he's a pervert again. Oh, he's a pervert talking about butt cheeks. But it's funny because uh, all the all the characters, other than Shaggy and the dog, <laughs> all of them were like yeah. like super looking. Uh, and then Shaggy was like this guy that never took a bath, and that of course was uh, yeah, that was one of the main characters. But anyway, I digress. Well, good uh, talking to. Thanks for reminiscing with me, and thanks for the Chevy. Oh, by the way, what's his name? Is it Chevy Chase or Chevy Chase or Chevy Chase? I don't know. I, it's, it's spelled Chevy, isn't it? And you were saying that's not, well, it's C-H-E-V. Yeah, well, that's not, yeah, that's not his real name because, you know, they give you these cards. You get cards, you know, that so they can keep track of it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you like know, radio people, kind of you know, with Irish names, yeah. but they're not even close to being Irish. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so he's, I don't know what his name was. She told me what it was and. Huh. Uh, you know what his real name was, and he was yeah, a real jerk. Wow, isn't that something? Oh yeah, yeah. Who, who's the guy you that? Know, I mean, that's... Who is the guy that's married to the the Asian woman from uh, CBS? Uh, he has his own talk show, uh, just like uh, Jerry Springer, Maury uh, Ma- Povich. Povich. Someone said uh, they golfed with him in Puerto Rico, and he was a total douche the whole time. And that doesn't really? surprise doesn't surprise me about Chevy Chase. Doesn't surprise me about uh, Maury Povich. Um, Bill Murray's another one, I guess. He's not the yeah, Bill Murray's not the nicest guy in the world. My brother met him but like Dan two, three. Dan Aykroyd is. It's funny because Dan Aykroyd, uh, I've talked yeah. to people that have run into him when he's passed through town. And right. He's, he's a good guy. No, he yeah. seems like a real good guy. He's got guy. a lead foot. Right. He's got, yeah, he's got a lead foot. He's been stopped on several occasions. Yeah. And he was married to Donna Dutton up until recently. I don't know if they're still married, but she was beautiful. Donna Dutton? You mean our... Uh, from uh, city clerk? Uh, no, no, no. Believe it or not, there was another Donna, and um, and she was from Bosom Buddies, that show Bosom Buddies back in the day. She was a beautiful woman. Yeah, yeah. All right, Duff. Thanks for the call, my friend. Hi, man. That's uh, the Duff man getting things started here. It's twenty five minutes after. If you want to call in, seven five five twelve forty, seven five five twelve forty. All right. So the other things going on in the world, um, you know, what can you say? I my my whole Facebook feed and Instagram feed. I shouldn't say all of it, other than, you know, people doing stupid stuff, falling out in the streets uh, on a Saturday night in London. I don't know how that got onto my, uh, I must have looked at it a couple weeks ago. That's all I get now. And it's amazing because Gen Z is the same everywhere. It doesn't matter where you are in the world anymore. The internet has infiltrated everybody. So what I'm seeing is is that they, they, they have these cameras. It's a little pervy. Actually, it's very pervy. It's very creepy, but it shows you what, What's going on after 10, 11 o'clock at night in other areas of the world, including right here? And what the guy does is he sets up this hidden camera somewhere. He just shows no nudity, no upskirting, none of that crazy, creepy stuff. But what he does is he just shows people going back and forth from the club. And most of it is people going to the club. And and the guys, you know, typical 21, 28-year-old guys looking like Shaggy. From from uh, Scooby Doo, just with a T-shirt, baggy pants, 
not a worry in the world, you know, no big deal, goûte, goatee, whatever the frig they call it. And meanwhile, the girls, the equivalent to the guys who look like bums, who barely get dressed up at all and haven't shaven in three days, the girls get decked out in sheer outfits with bikinis underneath them, not all of them. And, and remind you, and re- remember, many of these uh, individuals are, are pretty in their own right, but are a two-pound balonies in a one-pound bag. It just goes to show that the, it doesn't matter what you look like. If you're a size 12 or 14, uh, you put on the pumps and high heels and a short skirt and a lot of makeup and big hair, you're going to look sexy. <clears throat> and I just can't believe. I mean, again, this isn't anything new. I, I'm an 80s kid. You know, girls got dressed up, blah, blah, blah. But I can't tell the difference between a lot of these women going to these clubs, not just in London and Berlin, and, and a lot of them come, are going through Dublin, uh, some of them in New York City, and they, I can't tell the difference between a hooker and a normal woman anymore. Like, holy mackerel. And the other videos that I'm seeing, and I've, I've mentioned this before, are the hardships of men finding love or finding a companion or finding a woman they can trust. And, and I tell you, once you start going into these, these, these things, it will just keep on showing up on your, on your timeline. It's part of the, the algorithms. So there's about three or four main ones that do this, where they interview girls, uh, women, I should say, young women in their 20s. And the, the big question that comes up is, what's your body count? And, and, you know, other people like Candace Owens will show up on these programs uh, or uh, Megyn Kelly will, will talk about these programs on her own podcast and how, how the, the young people have just become I – mean, and this other thing about OnlyFans and I don't need a man. I make $40,000 a month for being on OnlyFans. And then they have this other kid who seems like he's from – I can't tell where he's from, Mexico or South America or from uh, Armenia. You know, really, anywhere near the equator, I just get lost. I don't know who's who anymore. I don't know the difference between Britain, Irish, New Zealand, or Australia. You're all white guys, and you sound the same. But if you see these videos, and they just keep popping up all the time, guys today, between the ages of 21 and 34 and a little older than that, it just goes to show how difficult it is for them to find someone. And I do feel bad for them. I really do. I feel like a lot of kids have gotten cheated out of music, out of crappy movies, and, and obviously, in the case of uh, the nightlife, because the majority of these young ladies are so emboldened, are so empowered by their sexuality and the power of them just to get in front of a camera and make money that way in the convenience of their own home. Oh, I studied law for three years, but I didn't need that. I'm making 100000 a quarter just for taking my top off for about uh, 300 guys that are spending $50 a night to see me. It's incredible. It truly is. So anyway, uh, it's at the bottom of the hour. Let's do this. Uh, I will take phone calls. I do it all the time. This is the Live at Five show. If you want to chime in, uh, please give me a shout right after this commercial break. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Lila Fave at FX Caprera Honda. And I love... It's a dealer for details, pricing, and incentives available through November 30th, 2023. Ah, welcome back. Yeah. Ah, right. I'm looking for something. I don't know if I'm going to find it today. I've been busy. But I, 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 I saw this over the weekend. Maybe I could find it th- before the show's over today. But if, you know, you see a lot of people, a lot of smart people get into this whole discussion about Israel and what's going on there. And I can't find it for the moment. I might have texted it to myself. So unfortunately, I can't get there. But nonetheless, there's this, uh, there's this group... It's, it's, it's this uh, online uh, news group for liberals. It's called the, the Young Turks. 
And the guy who runs it, he's uh, a real loudmouth. His name is Chink. I don't know his last name. He's, uh, he's Arab. A boatload of money. He started this company on his own. He's got a woman in there that's kind of like the Jane Pauley of the network, and she's really awful. And I say that not just because of what and how she speaks. It just seems like every time I watch this particular feed, uh, the Young Turks TYT, it just seems so, like it, it's, it's amateur night. But that said, they have millions and millions of followers, and Chink is, is always in the forefront. So, you know, he obviously has a lot to say about what's going on in Palestine uh, and the West Bank and so forth. But uh, I, the reason why I wanted to bring it to your attention is that, you know, you, you see so many people getting into arguments about this. Uh, and yet you see uh, confrontations on the streets, uh, people tearing down uh, uh, posters of, of missing and I can never quite understand. I know that I know New Yorkers, for instance, are showing support for those that are being confined right now as hostages somewhere in uh, in in, uh, in Palestine, in Gaza, and that's awful. Uh, but now all all it is now is like uh, you put them up, and the bad guys take them down, and then someone will inevitably come over come over with a, with an iPhone uh, streaming on TikTok or Instagram, saying, "Why are you taking him down? F you! Screw you!" It's our land, not your land. And it doesn't matter. A lot of these people aren't of just Muslim or Arab persuasion. A lot of them, in many cases, happen to be Jewish. And our co-founder and owner is in town today for the first time in six years, and that's Bruce Mittman. And I, I brought that up. I said, Bruce, what's going on? Bruce, by the way, is a conservative. I said, why, what is this? Why are you guys insisting, insistent on, on writing your own death certificates? He says, I don't know. W- would this persuade Jewish people and voters from, from, from looking at you know, the alternative, which obviously are conservatives? Donald Trump, maybe? No. Not going to happen. I keep saying this. And we, we won't know it officially until next year. But it just, you know, right now, if, if you're a Jewish American, you're, you're worried. And you have every reason to be worried. Because so many people have turned their backs on you. The chinks of the world. And, and, and college students and people of your own faith. It just, it's maddening. But that said, this isn't just an anti-Jewish movement going on here. This is anti-American. And yes, you guessed it. It's anti-white. That's what this, 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 this all this is all about. I made the comparison last week about uh, Donald Trump coming down the escalator in June of 2015. Everyone mocked him. Everyone said, oh, he's got orange skin. He's got orange hair. He's a terrible person. He's a racist. And then slowly but surely, the joy reads of the world were just not just picking on Donald Trump, the guy with the weird hairdo, but white people in general. So it ushered in a whole new set of rules in media that, quite frankly, a lot of people on the left who happen to be Jewish allowed to happen. They still do. That's why I say you created this. You're Dr. Frankenstein. And we all know and we all know what happens to Dr. Frankenstein. He becomes him and Igor. Oh, was it Igor involved? I forget. I'm forgetting all my my classic uh, storylines. But nonetheless, Dr. Frankenstein created a monster and the monster kills Dr. Frankenstein. The liberals created this environment. The open border Everyone, inclusion, everyone's got, you know, this, that, and the other thing. We don't need to celebrate Christmas anymore. You empowered the enemy. And now your war is on our streets. And once, once you guys are, 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 are feeling threatened, and right now you are, all of us will feel threatened 
So if you want to comment on that, 755-1240 or anything else going on in the world, we could talk about the zoo forever. I just pray to God that all the animals are taken care of and they come up with an answer. And if that answer is to, to, to stop what we're doing, open up the floodgates and, and just allow people to go in there for nothing until all the animals are old and, uh, and ready to die, that's fine with me. Because I'm so sick and tired of talking about the zoo, to be quite honest. We go from one thing to another. And the other, the other story that's, that's maddening is the cost to take down the, uh, uh, the flower boxes in front of the key bank. I was there yesterday. And by the way, I was shooting a segment for Downtown News yesterday. And I, I tell you what, I mean, you could go through lower Manhattan or for that matter, midtown Manhattan on a Jewish holiday and throw a bowling ball through there, uh, through the financial district, at least on Yom Kippur. It's, it's just like that on, on Sunday afternoon. It was beautiful yesterday in downtown Watertown. Just absolutely gorgeous. Nobody there. So I went over to the other side to take a look at the, uh, at, at the, the so-called flower beds or flower boxes. They're not beds. And I tell you what, they're nice, but why is this price tag, it seems like every second week it's going up another ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. Meanwhile, you got contractors out there. I know one of them, Jeff Shannon. He could take that out with a hammer. I'll go out there with a sledgehammer. I'll do it for nothing. I'll do it for 30 bucks. I could get it done with my buddies for an, in an hour. He's probably right. Why is it? Oh, and then the ordinance guy's got to call in. Well, Glenn, we got to do engineering. We got to get this done. We got to get that done. Then you got to go through the union. Then you got to get this done. That's a bunch of nonsense. First of all, they should, in my opinion, they should stay there and see. I, I know the developers don't like hearing this, and I know them very well. See how it goes. See how they look. You know, let's look at a spring and summer with flowers in them and lights shining above, whichever. Let's take a look before we make these rash decisions. But if the decision is to take these things out and it's going to cost the city six freaking figures, then no, Moss. No way. That's absurd. I'm sorry. Hi, you're on the air. Whoever was on the air, you almost made it to the air. But call in again at 755-1240. It's just insane. It really is. So anyway, we're in the we're in between here between election day. We're gonna we're gonna usher in a whole new and uh, uh, not whole new administration, mind you, but a whole new way of looking at the three to two scenario. The gang of three, as of January three, turns into the gang of two. Three against two turns into two against three. And of course, if Tim the Enchanter were to call up right now, he would argue that it's still possible to be a gang of three. Thanks, of course, to the new council member that we're still unsure of. Very intelligent man, outstanding citizen, and a great doctor and surgeon. But we don't know whether or not his so-called independence will remain uh, you know, outside the box as far as what we're so accustomed to in the last couple of years. So we'll have to see. But that's not until January. So talking about the zoo, <clears throat> talking about flower boxes, which is fine. And if you want to talk about that, that's great. But now we're kind of in limbo here. Uh, a lot of people still complaining about, you know, backing up on our on Court Street. I drove there the other day. Uh, and by the way, I w- it was just yesterday. It's Sunday. There's nobody there on Sunday. There's nobody there. It's just those days between Monday and Friday. Uh, check that. Yeah, f- the weekdays between essentially, what, 830 through 5, 6 o'clock. And then snow piles up, ice, this, that, and the other thing, the bump out. It's going to be interesting. That said, it looks beautiful. There's something to be said about brand new concrete and brand new asphalt and brand new lines. Um, Jake Johnson Properties repaved that whole parking lot behind um, the Key Bank and, and, and uh, what was the Marine Midland building, uh, Barton and Judice building. 
And I tell you, it's just what a difference that makes. It's just, it's all brand new again. It looks fantastic. And you see the same thing when you go to what is the new YMCA uh, that I did a feature uh, report on uh, a couple weeks back that people really appreciate it. That place is going to be just just golden. It looks awesome. Even Bruce Mittman said himself today when he came back first time in a while, he says, what a town looks refreshed. It looks revitalized. I uh, drove by, if you drive by, for instance, the old Presbyterian uh, uh, church right next to the state office building, uh, they just, what they did was they've been working on that for months and uh, carefully replacing uh, not so much the, uh, the the stained glass windows. They fixed a lot of that. You could see they were sealing them. But what they did was they, they got rid of those ugly plexiglasses uh, that were, cut or that were uh, you know, put above, over them to protect them from falling ice and wind uh, with, with, a, with a brand new uh, set of glass that goes over it. And it looks really nice. And that's a beautiful church built in 1854. Anything built before the Civil War is friggin' old. It really is. And they preserved that church, and thank God nothing's ever gone wrong there. Because churches, as you know, we uh, perish in so many fires. We've seen so many here. So while doing research for the, uh, for the Key Bank building, I didn't know this, but the Key Bank building is actually two years younger than what, is, what was the Marine Midland building. Marine Midland, obviously, those two bank buildings have always been the banking institution. That has been the epicenter of banking in, in northern New York since 1805 when the Jefferson Bank was first built there. And there are pictures of it, by the way. But to see a photograph from, I believe, 1970 of a completely empty lot where the Key Bank building is right now, it gives you such perspective. So, because behind there was the, uh, the Stone, uh, Stone Street Church. I hope I'm getting that right. And it reminded me of my studies when I did the history video of Watertown my way back, that that church was burned down intentionally uh, on top of the same day as I believe um, a part of White's Lumber on North Hamilton Street was also was also uh, uh, on fire the same day. The, the reason behind it, it was it was arson. And the reason behind it, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, is that a bunch of bozos wanted a diversion. Uh, well, you know, getting the cops and the firemen and all the emergency personnel involved. This is back in the early 80s, I believe, 83 or 84, before I got here. And, uh, yeah, the guys purposely set a fire so that they can rob a jewelry store. Uh, well, they got caught. <laughs> but what a horrific, horrible, horrible thing. A selfish thing in order so that you can capitalize on the moment by, by burning a church down. And if you hear that, st- and when I read that, I was like, oh, my God. That's profoundly the dark, one of the darkest things I've, I've ever seen or I've ever read about. Certainly one of the darkest things that ever happened in, in Watertown. And there's a lot of dark things that have happened in this town, including Arthur Shawcross, uh, the, the uh, triple murder of the Egans, uh, and, and horrific things that have happened you know, here, there, everywhere, like uh, house fires and whatnot. But anyway, if, if you recall that. So anyway, I saw the picture. It, to me, it speaks volumes. When you see this big, big, huge building, Jake Johnson and, of course, Bobby Ferris own that building. They own both of those banking buildings. But to see its origins of just an empty lot there, uh, it's just fascinating. So it brought back memories when I did the video some time ago. I wanted, wanted to share that with you. Hi, you're in the air. Yeah, Glenn, I think, uh, I think the downtown looks really nice. It does. And the one thing we've got to get going on, I don't know what we can do. With, wasn't that the uh, Masonic Temple? Yes, yes. That looks absolutely horrible. Hmm. Why? I thought they put and a ton of money into it. All that staging, yeah. and it looks like they work on it here 
and then they don't do any more work for months, hmm. and then do a little something else. Right. You know, I don't know what can be done, who owns it, Yeah. but <clears throat> that is deterrent huh. to the looks of our downtown. It, it looks awful. Really? Well, I know they, they did a lot of work. In, have you been inside? No. I heard they did some work inside, but the outside's falling down. Well, it needed work, yeah. A lot of the masonry, yeah, oh, the portico needs, needs work, too. <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah. Have you gone by it lately? No, I haven't. I haven't. Go but, take a look at it sometime. Just drive by. Can you believe it? That building is 100 years old. That building. Like yeah. It I, looks like it's, it's ready to fall, hmm. the outside, because it's, uh, you know, it's all bricks and, right. and everything, and they're just falling off the... The top onto the ground. That's a lot of weight on that portico. That's well, a lot. I can't imagine of... the amount of money it would take to bring that up to snuff so it looks nice. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I heard they they wanted to make a theater, some type of theater uh, dealings out of it, didn't they? Well, yeah, because there is a, a huge. Uh, it's on the second or third floor. I've never been there, but I've seen pictures, and it's typical of a of a Mason facility where it's just one big open space. Uh, where they do, uh, you know, crazy pagan stuff, whatever. I don't know what they did there. But nonetheless, yeah, they were, there was talk about converting that into a theater. But uh, they've done a lot of work. You, you, you owe it to yourself maybe to walk in there. But you're right. The exterior needs work. But the, that's where uh, our competing radio station uh, operates out of there, Tunes 92. And there's a couple of other offices on the ground floor. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me, if you remember when, the, uh, when they walked down that long, long hallway in The Wizard of Oz? And, uh, and you know the, to, to see the Oz, you know to see the wizard at the end. It reminds me of that when you walk in there. It's just this long, long yeah. hallway. It's yeah. beautiful. I'm not sure. I think I was in it maybe many, many, many years ago. I'm sure. And I remember standing downstairs and looking, you know, at the upstairs that wraps around uh, yeah. the main floor yeah. and all that. That would make our theater like Clayton has theirs. Yeah, that's true. It, you're right. That um, would make a. You know, I, like I said, uh, mm-hmm. who owns it? I don't know. When's it going to be done? Mm-hmm. How can we maybe get some federal grants yeah. to help uh, push this along? But it's been sitting there for with the staging now for <laughs> many years. Yeah, well, they did get that money for the down to, through the state, like they when we were awarded some money. I know some money went to them to that building. But it's going to need, like you said, it's going to need at least another three, four well, million to nice fix it, right? Inside, but what? It looks dangerous. I oh. wouldn't even walk through. It's, it's top heavy. What they had, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. So, oh. all right, Glenn. all right. Thank you. Yeah, beautiful building, like so many buildings. Because I've been, you know, I just did this, uh, a, a short little uh, segment on uh, downtown news about the Watertown Appliance Building on Factory Street, and uh, that was built a hundred years ago. Anything built in the twentieth century is really in comparison to most structures in downtown, that's like a baby. It really is. Because if you go by a benign building on, on Factory Street, and I mentioned this the other day, right next to Claude's, what was Claude's transmissions, which somehow they're still standing. I don't know how. <clears throat> but there's a white brick building there. And um, that building was built before the, before the Civil War. I know I've, I've said that. I'm repeating myself. But it, it amazes me. That, you know, the average person lives, what, 75, 76 years, if we're lucky. You know, if you're Matthew Perry, you got $150 million in the bank, but you're still not going to go past your 54th birthday because you blew it, baby. Can't take it with you either. But the main thing is you get buildings that were built way before we our, our grandparents were born, and they're still standing. That's testament 
to man, man ingenuity, not to mention the, the pyramids. My, my friends just got back from Greece. I mean, they're looking at structures that are over 2,500 years old. Like, wow. How that? How that? And then I, I look at, you know, the, the housing nearby here from 801 that was built in the late 80s. And those things are falling apart already. And they're, and they're made so paper thin. It's absurd. We've really lost our way. There's a, there's a site that I, that, I go, that I visit on Facebook. It's called YIMBY. Y-I-M-B-Y. And it, that's, that's an acronym for something. But the, it's, it's interesting to me because it just shows the new building designs that are being built mostly in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens area, some in Philadelphia, some might, you know, go in other areas, but all of them have, you know, these, the, the, uh, the renderings of a, of a skyscraper, either in five stories or a hundred stories, they're, they're all the same. It's always a beautiful reflection of a blue sky, mother walking with her son, all the cars are impeccably clean, and then you build it and it's just like, no, it doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like that at all. The Freedom Tower, for instance, which replaced the World Trade Center. It looks like a big salt shaker. There's no imagination. And yet you look at the buildings, like the Empire State Building, for instance, built in 1931, or the Chrysler Building, built in 1929. And you know the story behind the Chrysler Building and how the spire was, was, this, was, was waiting in the wings to be revealed at the very end so that that building could be taller than the Manhattan Bank Building in downtown. It's incredible. What, what ingenuity, uh, you know, putting gargoyles up there like eagles, that looked like something on the front of a Chrysler automobile. Chrysler went bankrupt, by the way, or he did. He, he lost a huge share. He had to sell the building after the Depression and so forth, like so many other people did. But they were like the Donald Trumps in their day. And now we equate that to the, to the Arabs in Qatar and other areas of the, of the Middle East, where one, one billionaire has to build a bigger building than the previous guy. None of which, you know, really accomplished anything in life other than being, bo- you know, born into, you know, oil barons and so, you know, oil money, I should say. No imagination. Someone came up with something recently and said, you know, it seems like with the advent of the smartphone, when Steve Jobs created that in 2004, and really, we didn't start seeing smartphone technology, at least up here in like 2010, 2011. And now it's just like everyone's looking down. It's just, we're not creating anything anymore. Nothing at all. Cardi B is, is a billionaire. And she's not, she hasn't created anything in her entire life. And yet, somehow or other, she's a genius. Taylor Swift, as much as I love her, and she's so lovely, and she personifies uh, you know, what, what the all-American woman should look like. Her music is, is just so drab and so middle of the road. Oh, she writes her own music. Stop it. Stop. You can't compute. My goodness gracious, as much as I can't stand Barbara Streisand, you, she can't hold a candle to her, to her voice. None of the stuff that we grew up with. I know the Beatles just un, you know, dug up an old song from, uh, I don't know, it, it was before, a couple years before John was killed, I believe in the late 70s. And they're playing it on, I think, well, they're not playing it on Magic Now for a while, but nonetheless, it was revealed uh, about a week ago or so. I'm like, oh, that's a good song, I guess, but that's not that great. But just to sit there with my wife, Sharon, and listen to like Dan Fogelberg music, call me an old fart. I really don't care. It's just amazing because I go back and forth with my brothers and sisters, most, mostly my brother, Kevin. I said, well, at least we saw the best side of America, Glenn. I said, well, yeah, I, I get it. And I just can't take that attitude anymore. Where, well, you know, at least we, you know, we have our 401k, we have some property, we have some money in the bank, we can cash all that in. 
and uh, live in an assisted uh, living facility for $20,000 a month in a couple years from now. We'll all be happy, right? I, I just can't accept that. It just seems like we just tossed it all away. I saw a report recently of a uh, new council uh, that was not, not so new anymore. Actually, they've been, they've been organized now in New York City for a couple of years where they took, um, I don't know if they were aldermen or council people, whatever. They took people from New York City to decide on what to do with historical statues that are, that are you know, located throughout the boroughs. And it's not just Manhattan, by the way. You go to Prospect Park in, in uh, Brooklyn, there's some white guy on a horse and the symbolism of the horse's foot up, or if he's standing there, if he's got his hand on his chest, it means he died in service, or whatever, whatever it is. Those works of art, very similar to the statue of Roswell uh, Pettibone Flower in Lower Washington Street, those are incredible works of art. And yet they've all, not all of them, but by the year 2024, next year or the year after, all of them will be gone. Most of them are already gone. The Columbus Circle still has Christopher Columbus, but eventually he'll he'll perish too. There was a beautiful statue of uh, Theodore, Theodore, Theodore Roosevelt in front of the uh, Museum of Natural History. And uh, that's gone. So some bright-eyed, uh, uh, bush, bushy-tailed uh, uh, business people out in Long Island, thank God, still in New York State, by the way, decided to say, hey, uh, what are you doing with all the statues? And I said, well, they're, they're going to be put in storage. Well, we'll... We'll get them. We'll take them from you. And they said, okay. And I, I don't know if there was any money exchanged. I don't believe any money was exchanged. But this township is somewhere on the southern side of Nassau County. I don't know, near Massapequa, somewhere down there. Smart people, real smart people who, know, who, who can appreciate history and art at the same time. And they're just going to take these statues and put them throughout their own little homestead. And I can't wait. And you know what? When that when, when they're all officially, you know, back in a park setting for people to say, I will visit that town just to support them because we have a bunch of boneheads running our cities right into the ground. Bruce Mittman said it himself. himself. He's from Boston. He feels threatened living in Boston. He feels threatened there. He says, boy, you guys got it good up here. You live in a small little town away from all the nonsense. And you watch. When all this stuff continues and it's not going to stop, places like Watertown are going to look a lot better off than they are already. And with all the investment in the streets, one day we might fix the Mason or the Masonic Temple <clears throat> and all the other investments we've seen up here, not to mention we're on Lake Ontario and the, and the river. Then we have the Micron ship uh, plant in central New York being built in the next two to three years. Then China takes over Taiwan and then everyone has to flock up here. It's going to happen. It really is. Right now, i got to do our final break of the hour, and we'll be back right after this. You know what season it is. Facebook. Call them at 2004. All right, so I, 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 I'm queuing this up now. I probably won't play this. But I, I mentioned this earlier. There's not enough time here. Let's see if I can get a couple of words here from this. This is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Uh, this is from Britain. And so, you know, I'll just let him banter on here. So uh, Piers Morgan has two guests on the show. One of them is Chink from the, uh, that I mentioned earlier, who owns, uh, he's a total liberal, uh, and as this rabbi refers to him as a Jew hater. So I won't get into it because this is the longer version and I'm just not ready for it. But I'm, I'm glad I brought this up because I can at least mention the guy's name. And his name is Rabbi Shmuley. 
And that's S-H-M-U-L-E-Y. <laughs> uh, he's from Los Angeles. He's 54 years old. And he's a big guy. And he, it's just like this one thing that I learned growing up in Woodhaven, Queens. So when you hang out with smart people, you get smarter. I hung out with the smartest bunch of geeks you can, you can hang out with. All of them are successful. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, they're billionaires by any means. But they're, and they're still smart. And they're sensible people. They're good dads, everything about them. So when I see Chink, because he was, his emotional outburst about, oh, the, you know, the Israel, they're, 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 they're uh, occupied the land. It's not their land. All this ignorance that goes on and on and on. And they get the backing and the support from other ignorant people just like them. But when they're held up on national TV, in this case, Piers Morgan's show in Britain, uh, uh, against a guy that clearly knew a lot more than Chenk did. And Chenk, you know, you ever get, I don't know if you've ever been in an argument when you knew you really lost. It's a, it's a discouraging, it's, it's really debilitating. It takes the air out of your day, out of your week, and you never forget it. So I'll, I'll cue this up on a shorter version of this, probably tomorrow or the next day. But it's good to see and watch a liberal who swears he's got the whole world on his side until he realizes he's nothing but an ignorant moron when he goes up against someone who clearly knows more than he does. So I'll cue that up at another time. Right now, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of a Monday edition of the Live at Five show. And thanks for calling in, all of you guys. We do it each and every day right here on AM 1240, WATN Watertown. And up next, of course, as we always do at the end of the show with CBS. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Monica Ricks. President Biden is pushing for Israeli forces to protect a large hospital in Gaza where people are dying as fighting continues.